Hi, I'm Tom Zalatnai. And I'm Tefra Jamian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule, what's the only rule, Tom? Ooh, the only rule is you gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Before we dig in, we want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So in case you missed it, we did a whole munch madness, and in case you missed that, the winner was bread. We're talking about bread, and we talked about bread, and then the other day we were going, what should we talk about this week? And we asked our eight-year-old, and she said, well, if you're talking about bread, how about you talk about sandwiches? Yeah. And because we listened to our eight-year-old's input on most things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, we thought, hey, what the hell? Yeah. Let's talk about sandwiches. Let's do it. Let's talk How's about How's that sandwiches. for an intro? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty solid intro. Pretty solid intro. Look, sometimes we get our episode topic recommendations from our patrons at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. Sometimes we get them from our eight-year-old. There's a balance. That's just how things go. Yeah. And you know, when we talk about balance and when we talk about sandwiches, we have to talk about balance is I Absolutely. guess what I'm trying to say. Sandwich is all about ba- sandwich is all about balance. Balance yeah. is all about sandwich. Yeah. Uh, it's about balancing, first of all, structural balance. Uh-huh. You don't want your sandwich to topple over. No, no. No, you got to have that structural integrity. Yeah. Uh, secondly, about flavor balance. You uh-huh. want to make sure that you've got your salt, your fat, your acid, your heat. Ha, ha, ha. Hi, Samin, if you want to be on the show. Please reach out to us. Cry. I'll cry. I love you, Samin. Um, you want to make sure you've got your balance of textures. Mm-hmm. You want a little crunch. You want a little unctuousness. <laughs> You want, please, no, don't do that. You need the crisp, but you need the soft as well. Yeah, you need something a little bit chewy, whether that's your bread or your meats. You need something damp. You need something dry. They work together in your mouth. Dry? Would we say dry? I don't feel like dry is something you want to say about a sandwich. I mean, I don't know. Like, let's look, like, let's look at rye bread, right? Rye bread is dry. Yes. But it's great on a sandwich if you've got condiments that kind of moisten it up a little. But that's the thing. I don't think the dryness is working in the rye's favor. I think the condiments are working to offset the dryness. Okay. Because you don't just want to eat a plain piece of rye bread unless you're a three-year-old. Sure. Who loves to eat a plain piece of rye bread. But I think that the thing being dry first then gives it that extra oomph. Oh, yeah. You know, like it, it, the contrasting kind of... Uh, density almost i guess of the ingredients yeah you don't really want a wet sandwich you don't want a wet sandwich well i guess they make wet sandwiches how do you feel about those like okay. the hot chicken sandwich that you pour gravy over? so so this is a thing that i've wondered about for a long time um so so i think it's important when we're talking about sandwiches to get like a base definition a working right? definition yeah and i like to turn to wikipedia for this kind of thing because it's a website that helps for finding definitions and outsourced information right Uh, So the Wikipedia says uh, a sandwich is a food typically consisting of vegetables, sliced cheese or meat placed on or between slices of bread. On or between is interesting here. We can talk about that. Well, there's an open face sandwich. Yeah. There's an open face sandwich. Yeah. Or more generally, any dish wherein bread serves as a container or wrapper for another food type. So this is interesting because bread serving as a wrapper means that we can think about a taco, a burrito, a wrap, a pie is kind of a sandwich. A calzone. Yeah. But... It Pop-tarts. also needs to be convert uh, needs to be portable and Pierogans. convenient. Yeah, dumplings. Sure, all sandwiches kind of if we stretch it too far. Whoopie pies. I don't know how I feel about that. Ho hos. Ho hos. I guess that's not bread anymore. Now we're talking about cake. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so so that kind of aside, you know, get, now that we've got our sandwich definition kind of locked, you so know, this is, this is the de- sandwich definition we're going with. We're going with the definition that defines a pie as a sandwich. No, we're going with, generally speaking, it is stuff between slices of bread. Okay. Or on or between. On or between or wrapped with bread. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, I can go with that because I guess then a pie is not that because that's not really bread. Yeah, that's pastry. it's pastry. Yeah. And and it needs to be portable enough. Yeah. Right? And finger food. Yeah. To, to some extent. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, you can have a ridiculous sandwich that's very hard to pick up with two hands that you maybe need to cut. You certainly can. Uh, or, you know, a club sandwich, right, is already cut into triangles so that you can fit it in your mouth. You wouldn't want an uncut club sandwich. That would be very difficult to deal with. It's not a circumcision joke. <laughs> I see the face you're making. Um, okay, so we're so, working with that. Yeah. We're working with that. So back to the hot chicken sandwich question. Back to the hot chicken sandwich question. Technically a sandwich, Technically. but finger food. Yeah. So I'm curious. I don't know how common the hot chicken sandwich is outside of Quebec. Is it common outside of Quebec? Is it a Quebec thing? I'm not sure. It's an abomination wherever yeah. it wherever it hails from. But if it's a Quebec thing, we need to describe it for the masses. So here we go. Who invented the hot chicken? Sa- oh, but this is a Nashville hot chicken. We got to make sure that it's clear that we're not talking about... We are about- not talking about Nashville hot chicken sandwich. No. We are talking about this phenomenon that you can get at Saint-Hubert, which is a, a Quebec chicken chain. Yeah. This and is a Quebec thing. It's a Quebec thing. I had yeah. never heard of it before I moved to Quebec, and I guess that explains why. I, I think you need to describe it because I get so upset yeah. when I talk about the hot chicken sandwich, okay. the, the Quebec hot chicken sandwich. It, it upsets me. Sure. So the Quebec hot chicken sandwich, um, I think it's it's worth kind of taking a step back here and explaining kind of Quebec chicken culture. And Quebec food culture. <laughs> yeah. So Quebec is cold. Yeah. Quebec is extremely French uh, and is extremely like working class, I think is, is a fair way to put it. Uh, and a lot of the food culture here comes from people who used to work hard. In the woods. In the woods, especially, yeah. needed something hearty. You know, it's it's the workman's food kind of thing, just like everywhere has that sort of working people food. And but I the ones that stuck in Quebec are pretty exclusively working people food. Like, we don't have, like, haute cuisine here, except for, you know, in the past, like, 10, 15 years as the culinary scene has started to step up a little more. And I think it's really valuable to point that out, actually, because I think a lot of people who don't come from Quebec... Um, the tourist kind of talk about Quebec is very much that it's like a little Europe Mm -hmm. and it's like a sort of like elevated (laughs) cultural experience that's basically like going to Paris but it's you know close to the American border and there's not really I think a lot of awareness outside of Quebec about that the fact that we're like basically Pennsylvania sure like it's (laughs) Quebec is basically Canada's Pennsylvania yeah well and I mean Quebec like Historically, Quebec was almost part of Ohio, slash Ohio was almost part of Quebec. Which makes a lot of sense, culturally speaking. Yeah. Like, the the border here, geographically, is made up, as are all borders in colonized places. Um, But... But yeah, the the food here, with the exception of all of these sort of like French imported food that is fancy in French, you know, uh, is pretty like homey and heavy. You know? Yeah, it's it's I mean, there's a reason that poutine is the best drunk food, yeah. right? Like it is the food. And the only time I ever personally enjoy poutine is when I am drunk in winter. <laughs> sure. It's like it's the kind of food that when it is minus 30 outside and you have been outside in minus 30 chopping down trees is yeah, what these guys yeah. would have been doing or like splitting logs yeah. or trapping animals. Moving you want big to blocks eat. of ice on sleds across yeah. the countryside with their reindeer friends. You want. <laughs> that's that's a different country, honey. Um, <laughs> but his name's Christophe. <laughs> you want to eat a whole bunch of carbs. You want to eat a whole bunch of fat. Yeah. Uh, you want it to be salty because mm-hmm. you've been mm-hmm. working hard and, and sweating out your electrolytes. Yeah. Um, and you want it to stick to your ribs. And so basically all of traditional Quebec food, the, the tortière, the poutine. The hot chicken sandwich. The hot chicken sandwich. Uh, all of the like like sugar pie like all of the desserts are basically just like you take some sugar and some butter and you boil them into a consistency and you eat it in pastry yeah delicious stuff uh everything is brown yeah all quebec food is brown yeah and and it's and it's delicious so let's talk specifically about this brown delicious sandwich yeah so the hot chicken sandwich that makes me uncomfortable (laughs) The hot chicken sandwich, not to be confused with the Nashville hot chicken sandwich, tends to be the sort of like roasted, like uh, rotisserie chicken kind of chicken. Often breast meat, I think, uh, just because that tends to be kind of cheaper and lighter and easy to not 
you know, screw up, thrown in between two slices of typically thick cut bread. It's usually just like white bread. Yeah. yeah. It's like white sandwich. Quebec loves to just throw oh, things yeah. on white sandwich bread hey, also. <laughs> listen, we love our white bread. Um, and then uh, topped with green peas, you know, the humble, the humble green pea uh, and a bunch of gravy on top. You can sometimes you'll see it with cheese as well, depending on where you're getting it, who's making it, that kind of thing. But the generally speaking, it is a sandwich with chicken and a bunch of gravy and peas on top. Yeah. Um, now, I have a little trouble here with this being a sandwich because, as we talked about earlier, sandwiches need to be portable, uh, convenient to eat with your hands. You know, it's a sandwich is something you can grab and go or eat standing around or, or you know, shove into your face easily. The hot chicken sandwich <laughs> is covered in gravy and peas. It, it's, I mean, this yes, this is something that's served <laughs> to you with a knife and fork. Yeah. It's like somebody made you a sandwich and then, like, literally, they make the sandwich and ladle peas and gravy on top of it. Yeah. And, like... Look, it's delicious. It's a very tasty thing. I've never had one because they make me so uncomfortable. Sure. I, I think that and probably... can't eat bread. Yeah, that, that, oh. that too, yeah. I think that they probably exist because someone was drunk once at a like barbecue chicken restaurant here and was like, can you make me a sandwich? And a disgruntled chef was like, I don't fucking know. Here, put the put the bread, the, the cheese, and the chicken. And like, you know, so many things ha- do happen like that. I'm just, I'm just like guessing here, but it feels like something that a disgruntled line cook would just throw together for someone who wanted a sandwich. And then maybe they didn't put the gravy on right away. Yeah. And he was like, oh, it's kind of dry. Can I get something else? And the chef was like, oh, fuck it. And put the gravy on top. And it was good. Like, this this is this is what this feels like to me. And, you know, it's technically a sandwich by virtue of being bread with stuff it's, in the middle. It's almost like a pot pie with yeah. bread instead of the crust. It's almost like a lasagna, but terrible. <laughs> if, if I ordered a lasagna that was listed as being, you know, layered wheat product with a layer of meat and uh, a delicious sauce and greens and then i got this i would be like technically this is true but go fuck yourself a lasagna is almost a sandwich really we can talk it's about almost that. a club sandwich i would argue that a cold lasagna like a yeah. fridge cold lasagna the next day is a sandwich if you eat it with your hands bold argument um but yeah so i i am okay with calling the hot chicken sandwich a sandwich only in that like I get it, but also it makes me mad. And I think that if someone ordered it not knowing what it was, they would be really pissed off. Well, that's essentially (laughs) how I encountered it. Yeah. Like, I didn't order it, but I was, like, going through a menu, and I was like, oh, that sounds good. And I was thinking, like, that's the other thing. I was thinking, like, Nashville hot chicken, right? I was thinking, this sounds Mm -hmm. like a good sandwich. And then just happened to see a photo of it. And I was like, I almost ordered that (laughs) There's peas on it. Here's the thing. Why are there peas on it? None of the ingredients of the hot chicken sandwich are offensive to me in combination with each other. It's a really delicious bite. And I I will frequently get a hot chicken poutine that is, you know, swap the bread out for fries and cheese curds. And this is an incredible dish. It's just structurally not a sandwich. I think you can make it it one. You can make it one easily. You want to know how? You, you just put everything inside. I mean, put, this is the abomination of this sandwich. But here's the thing. Is that you could just mix the chicken with the gravy and the peas and put the bread on top, yeah. and it would be a perfectly acceptable sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you're worried about the peas falling out, I got a blender for you, or an immersion blender. You know, make a well, mushy I mean, peas kind of situation. Uh, Spread I, it like I'm, an avocado I gotta argue. Goop. I got to argue with you on that one. You don't I like have, it? So for me... I really like peas. I'm mm. a big fan of the humble pea. Me too. Um, but for me, like, a whole bunch of the pleasure of a pea is its texture. Okay, sure. I yeah. love to just bite them and feel them pop. Yeah. Like, it's so delightful. Totally. Um, so, like, I've had pea pesto and whatever. But for me, it's just like, why would you do that? You sure. have a perfect vegetable. Why would you <laughs> ruin it? It's like when people, like, boil the shit out of asparagus, you know? I'm just mm-hmm. like, why would you? why would you do that? Yeah. Or like, like I'll see people try to use asparagus creatively, and they're like, "I turned it into this juice," and I'm just like, "But, but you have asparagus. They're yeah. literally asparagus is the." Uh, well, listen. I'm sorry. I'm talking about produce again. All you have to do with asparagus is steam it lightly and put, if you feel like it, a light vinaigrette, and mm-hmm. you have a 
perfect dish. There is literally nothing better you can do with asparagus. Okay, but back to sandwiches. Wrap a little ham around it. Even that, I think that's, like, you can do that, yes. I know, baby, I know. You always want to add ham to things. Not but really ham specifically. I'm just thinking, like, any kind of charcuterie meat, I feel meat, like you know? any time I go on a produce ramble, you're like, and you know how that would be even better? <laughs> Wrap it in meat. <laughs> Look. This is our dynamic. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that's it, the hot chicken sandwich. That's that's it, that's all with it. It's, that's it, you know, that's all. That's it, that's all. I gotta say, babe, your Quebecois accent has gotten so much better since you started working with old cranky Quebecois men. Yeah. It's it's like 75% better than it used to be. Honestly, the other day I was talking to my boss and he was like, I'm like, okay, we start speaking in French and he's like, oh, your French is so much better than I thought it was. And I was like, yeah, my French is better because I speak it now. So, okay. So, yeah. so hot chicken sandwich. Are there any other, let's just talk about sandwich abominations today. Sure. That sounds let's good. talk about sandwich abominations. Are there any other sandwich abominations on your mind? Hmm. So I've been thinking a lot about like, like cookie sandwiches. So okay, things like, like the, an oatmeal cream pie. Yeah. Or like an Oreo even. Uh-huh. How um, about ice cream cookie sandwich? So that's actually where I was going to go with that. All right. Let's go there. So I think ice cream sandwiches kind of suck. This is, so he, hear me out. I think that in theory, ice cream sandwiches are wonderful. Our oldest child is like 80% ice cream sandwich. I think in execution, ice cream sandwiches are disappointing 90% of the time. Hmm. You're full of bold claims today. I'm Back full of it bold up. Claims. Back it up. So here's the thing. With an ice cream sandwich, you need it to be exactly the right bite every time, right? You need, one, the ice cream needs to be cold enough that it doesn't start, you know, pouring out of the sandwich after, like, 30 Mm -hmm. seconds of eating it. Two, there needs to be a good, like, cookie or... I mean, I guess it's always a cookie of some kind, whether it's like the kind of processed cookie or like a cookie cookie. You don't usually use sandwich bread for them. No. No. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it needs it needs the right ratio of cookie to ice cream. Yeah. But also the texture of the cookie once it's been frozen needs to be right. Yes. Because some of some cookies just don't freeze to a pleasant texture. It's true. And. I find even with the ones that do, sometimes the ratio ends up being off. Accurate. So I just think the ice cream sandwich is maybe just too much of a gamble for me in terms Mm. of like being good. But I think that a Klondike bar, which is the sort of like quintessential ice cream sandwich, I think they nail it. Yeah, that's a perfect ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. But let's be real. Are you eating a Klondike bar most of the time or are you eating whatever ice cream sandwich you happen to have around? I... I love ice cream sandwiches. Sure. I, I I adore ice cream sandwiches. Like, if I go to an ice cream truck, the thing I want to get is the, like, ice cream cookie sandwich. You sure. know, the two chocolate chip cookies rolled in chocolate chips. Nom, nom, nom. That or a Choco Taco, also really good. See, I don't like those ones. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Tell me why. Okay. Tell me why. So, I agree that an ice cream sandwich is extremely difficult to ex- execute. This is why it's often assigned in the uh, higher rankings of baking championships. Mm. Because ice cream is hard to get right. Cookies sure. are hard to get right. But then that balance of getting your ice cream hard enough that it'll hold, but soft enough that you can eat it comfortably. And your cookie also needs to be soft enough when it's frozen that mm-hmm. you can bite through it easily and you're trying to get the cookie and the ice cream to be about the same texture when they're frozen. Sure. It's yeah. extremely difficult. It's extremely yeah. difficult. Uh, I also have an ideal cookie to ice cream ratio, which is, let me think, it's probably about 80% ice cream, 20% cookie. Okay, okay. Uh, 10% cookie on each side. Sure. I think I think mine is more like 70, 30. Yeah, so but, I was going to say it's like 80 to 70, depending on the cookie. So sure. if we're talking about a Klondike bar, yeah. I would say those are about an 80, 20. Because the, the like chocolate wafer cookies are thinner, right? If we're talking about a chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich, that's a little thicker cookie. I think once you get to something like 40, 60, you've got too much cookie. I'm learning now that apparently the ice cream sandwiches made by Klondike are not called Klondike bars. No, Klondike the Klondike bars, bars are, specifically are enrobed the in coated chocolate. Ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was I, just going to let that slide. I never but. knew that. That's on me. Um, yeah, this 80-20 sounds right on a Klondike bar. I'm like, or on a Klondike ice cream sandwich. Yes, yes. Yeah. For the chocolate chip cookies, honestly, I just like, I love vanilla ice cream with a chocolate chip cookie. It's such a nice combo. It tastes so nice. Yeah. They go so good together. Sure. 
And it's it's the handheld thing as well. Like mm-hmm. they're less messy than mm-hmm. something like a popsicle or like a, a oh, what are those? Just Classic a drumstick full of ice cream. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't often go to an ice cream truck and just like hold my hand out and say like fill me up with soft serve. Mm-hmm. But the few times I've done that, it's been really really messy it's and chaotic. It's not a great experience. Um, yeah. No, I don't recommend it necessarily unless you're really really into those chaotic vibes. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. The chocolate chip cookie ones, I think, have more cookie to ice cream they do. than I want. Oh, okay. And I think because the texture of the cookie is different, it crumbles easier. Yeah. So I find them more stressful to eat. And that's the thing for me is that when it comes to desserts, I want the least stressful option. Yes. When, you, when it comes to anything, honey, except for dates. But I think especially... Especially with dessert, because with dessert, what I'm seeking is immediate pleasure. I want hedonism for my dessert, and I don't want a mess to accompany it. (laughs) Hedonism is often accompanied by a mess. I know, I know, but that's it. Like, I want instant satisfaction with no repercussions. Oh, don't we all? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and I think that, damn it, that's what I want for my ice cream sandwiches. And I think that Klondike is the only one that gives me that. I just want to go buy some Klondike ice cream sandwiches now. Uh, we are not sponsored by Klondike, but uh, holler at me if you want to sponsor us, yeah. Klondike. You know what we'd do for a Klondike bar? <sighs> I can't say it on air. Yeah, I really, like, you want to make me happy, bring me an ice cream sandwich. I'm just going to mm-hmm. put that out there for sure. pretty much anybody. You want to butter me up, bring me a nice ice cream sandwich. I I will eat it and be happy. I should I should maybe, like, retcon what I said earlier about 90% of ice cream sandwiches sucking. I don't really mean that i think i more mean for me the experience of eating an ice cream sandwich is not ideal 90 percent of the time yeah yeah that's fair you know the ones that i don't actually love are the oreo ones sure i think those the cookie is too hard yeah 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 but because i have sensitive little teethies and well that's that's it like the the that's the problem with ice cream sandwiches, right? Is that texturally and temperature wise, there are things going on there that can be really difficult for people mm-hmm. in terms of like mouth accessibility. So I have very sensitive teeth, uh, especially cold sensitive. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think now that we're talking about this, one of the reasons I got into the ice cream cookie sandwich is because I can bite into it a whole lot more comfortably than mm. I can bite into an ice cream cone. Okay. So if I have an ice cream cone, I have to like, I'm sorry. That's I have okay. to tongue it and lip it. I can't use my teeth. Okay. Using my teeth is really uncomfortable. It's too cold. The cookie has insulative properties. So even though it is as cold as the ice cream, it doesn't feel as cold as the ice cream. Sure. And, and because when you're they're stuck through, together. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I bite through the cookie and oh. then I break. Oh, okay. So my teeth do not have to go into the ice cream because my ah. teeth are sensitive little babies who cannot handle touching ice cream. So it it actually makes that process of eating the ice cream easier for me. You turn the cookie into a utensil that is managed by your teeth instead of by your hands. Yes, basically. That's fascinating. I like that. <laughs> okay, speaking of uh, things that we would do for a Klondike bar, how about we hop over to the mid-roll? <laughs> Let's hop over to the mid-roll. Oh, money. Can we have some? If you're enjoying the show so far, give it to us, monies. If you're enjoying the show so far, bring me an ice cream sandwich. Oh, Tepper needs ice cream sandwich money. Can you give us a little money? <laughs> you're making money, me money. uncomfortable. <laughs> Not quite as uncomfortable as a hot chicken sandwich, mm. but like a little bit. We're sandwiching the uncomfortable stuff in the middle of the episode. Ooh, baby. Between two slices of content. Just like a little bit of a spicy condiment in the middle of your listening experience. <laughs> Filthy. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. If you were enjoying the show until I said that spicy condiment thing, just pretend I didn't say it and yeah. hit subscribe. Imagine anyway. I never went. <laughs> so you never miss an episode of Tom going. <laughs> While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend, maybe a friend who really likes sandwiches. Yeah. For every new rating and review we get during the month of May, we'll be donating two dollars to the depot our local food bank here in ndg they can turn every one dollar into three dollars worth of sandwiches for a family in need so by it's food actually guys but like sandwiches were on theme so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show you're functionally donating six dollars worth of food to people who need it Mm -hmm. yeah thinking about a six dollar sandwich it's a good sandwich that's a good sandwich you can make a good sandwich for six dollars yeah 
it gets tricky, right? Because if you have to buy a loaf of bread and a bunch of each thing, it adds up fast. Like you might have to buy like $15 worth of stuff. But then you'll make several sandwiches. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, do it. There's no other way to turn zero into six. So if that math is exciting for you, do it. Do it. Make a sandwich out of your money. Eat your money. Money money sandwich. It's all fake anyway. So give it to us. Exactly. You can read all about what the depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Don't forget to eat the rich while you're at it. Put them in the middle of a sandwich. Mm, Yum, yum, yum. What is a guillotine but a head sandwich with... It's uh, a deli slicer. (laughs) Oh, I know a few people who could pay me a visit. Uh, Is there anything else we need to plug here (laughs) in the middle of the show or should we get right back to it? Why don't we just get right back? Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. What's your ideal sandwich? Build me your dream sandwich. Yeah. Okay. This is a very hard question for me because I think it changes regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, These days, when I'm craving a sandwich, what I want most, and it's convenient because it's what I can make at work (laughs) because this is the kind of sandwiches we make. But I really, I'm, these days I'm really into like a nice, like fresh baguette, Mm -hmm. still a little crispy, still a little warm Mm -hmm. Dijon, but like a hot Dijon, you know? Thick sliced roast beef. Yes. Yeah. Like just just rare enough that it's almost illegal. You uh-huh, know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know. Swiss cheese. Brie. Both. A double cheese situation. Double cheese. Yeah. Hey. And like, you know how as you get closer to the inside of a head of lettuce, it gets crunchier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, this is my lettuce selection as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I want yeah. the crunchy internal. Yeah. Le- I want as little leaf as possible and mm-hmm. as much of the, like... As much the, crunch. The hard yep. part. Yeah. Right there with you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, just a squirt of mayo on the top. Not yeah. too much. Just enough to, like, lubricate. Like, yeah, I, w- yeah, I would yeah. put more Dijon, but if I'm doing the hot Dijon, it's like... Eh, what's the, yeah. Sometimes I'll do it with the hot Dijon on both sides of the bread to give yeah. me like a little because because I find roast beef likes mustard. Oh, roast you know? beef loves mustard. Ooh, he yeah. loves it. They're yeah, a pair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They're good buddies. They're good friends. Yeah, that's my like that's my killer sandwich right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not doing that, I also like I, I'm I'm really I guess just into like beef kind of sandwiches right now because yeah, I yeah. like a good like smoked meat yeah. um, which for people outside of Montreal who've yeah, never had Montreal smoked, smoked meat, meat um, to to really dumb it down uh, possibly offensively so smoked meat is l- a little like pastrami but prepared very differently yeah. and spiced a little differently yeah but like they're very similar and they're you can't really products. get pastrami here because there's a smoked meat monopoly so yeah um so smoked meat is a a good alternative yeah so i really love a good like smoked meat sandwich which tends to be served also just like on very dry bread with a shitload of mustard and usually a pickle on the side yeah now and, the pickle and like, on the side like, is important. Okay, we ta- we were talking about sandwich ratios. We got to talk about the ratios on the smoked meat sandwich <sighs> because this is another one of those things that when I moved here, I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> so, so the ratio on a smoked meat sandwich here in Montreal, it is insane. It is it is a very silly looking sandwich and the first time that you see one, you do have that response, <laughs> so right? So silly. Um it is basically like I mean if you picture typical rye bread, it's kind of sliced about half as thick as average like white bread, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um and then smack dab between the two, you get like a solid like maybe four inches of um smoked meat sliced and stacked just yeah. like in a pile yeah um often you got a toothpick on there to hold the two together sometimes they just fucking slap it on your plate like that and they're like i don't know fuck there's the, the bread's on the out. bottom <laughs> it's like you get the bread on the bottom the stack of meat and then the top slices of bread are just hanging out on the, the plate the bread is a parenthesis yeah like i cannot like <laughs> this the smoked meat sandwich is like oh by the way here's some meat yeah and the bread is just the little by the way the bread is just like we can't just give you literally a brick yeah. of smoked meat on this plate it it needs to be we need to like jazz it up a little bit so i don't know here's two 
skinny little slices of bread and a squirt of mustard. There's your sandwich. And people line up for two blocks to get one of these. And they're good, but they're insane. Food in Quebec is insane. Yeah. It, yeah. it is crazy person food, which <laughs> makes sense because we all have seasonal depression. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm looking at what the difference is between Montreal smoked meat and pastrami. So Montreal smoked meat is cured brisket, like salt cured brisket, yeah. kosher style deli meat. Um, whereas pastrami is brined, okay, partially dried. Uh, and smoked and steamed. So texturally, they're going to be a little bit different. Um, okay. They're both typically brisket, and they're both delicious, and yeah. they're both served pretty much the same way. Like, you will you will often get both just on some rye bread towering. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, flavor and texture are going to be a little bit different. Uh, Montreal smoked meat uh, tends to also be, you know, prepared with Montreal steak spice, uh, which is a whole other thing that... Um, we can talk about another time, but uh, it it's you know a steak spice dry rub that we have here in Montreal. Yeah, um, it's a, that Montreal steak spice is something people know about. That's something yeah. people know about outside of Montreal. So yeah. a fun thing about uh, Montreal steak spice, uh, Schwartz's Deli in Montreal downtown, or I guess in the Plateau, um, created it really? uh, back in the. 40s, 50s, roughly. Okay. Uh, and that's like when it like you know became a thing. The guy who uh, created the blend, Morris the Shadow Sherman. All right. Do you want to know? Do you want to know why I'm telling you about this? Is he related to someone we know? He sure is. He is the great uncle of friend of the show Andy Sherman. Oh, my God! And why yeah. did they call him the Shadow? I have no idea. You gotta ask Andy. I don't know if Andy knows either. Oh my God! <laughs> when, when was he alive? Uh, I mean, he was making smoked meat and stuff in the 40s and 50s i have no idea some scary prohibition related i doubt it i think it's i don't know people get nicknames you know i know but the shadow yeah (laughs) the shadow is an ominous nickname (laughs) that's not just like that's not just like that's not just a nickname you know that's not just burger daddy that's yeah the shadow that's ominous (laughs) maybe he would like slink in the corners making sandwiches and like sneak up to your table and bring it to you without saying a word maybe maybe Maybe. but yeah so for me the perfect sandwich right now is like heavy on the beef heavy on the seasoning and then uh heavy on the mustard crunchy bread be it baguette or rye yeah yeah Yeah. how about you it's kind of funny because i have a i have like a top tier sandwich that has been my top tier sandwich since I was a teenager I love this sandwich and it's actually not that different from yours okay which I wasn't expecting because you used to be in a real like gabagool mortadella stage so I thought we were gonna be coming at this from different angles sure uh but apparently so my favorite sandwich uh bread I, I can switch up the bread it can be a lot of different kinds of bread this is good on sourdough but I'm gonna go with my like classic original which would be like a, a just a seven grain sandwich bread. Okay. One of those kind of hearty sandwich breads that have a little bit of a sweetness to them. Sure. Um, lightly toasted. Then mayo and uh, whole grain mustard. I really okay. like okay. whole grain mustard a lot. Uh, it's my top mustard. It's the mustard I keep around. I'm sure. not a huge fan of yellow mustard. Okay. I think it's just about what I grew up with. I grew yeah, up yeah. with... with cd dijon mustard and i really like it yeah yeah i love a cd mustard too oh so good the little again the popping i think i like popping which is wild because i hate caviar (laughs) roast beef yeah just like deli roast beef is fine but just like a good pile of roast beef uh either some cheddar or some pepper jack okay okay um sometimes no cheese though like i i i have been public about this This is a controversial opinion but i am a person who can kind of take or leave cheese Mm -hmm. uh on my sandwiches and in my heart Sliced tomato, the okay. the riper, fresher, the better. Sure. Nice, juicy tomato, crunchy lettuce, uh, dill pickles, mm-hmm. mayo. I think I already said mayo. Maybe a bit. And your bread. Okay. And the bread is lightly toasted. Shunk it down a little bit, you know, give it a little shunk, give it a little, psh, give it a little press yeah uh in half diagonally okay okay um i like personally i have a very small jaw i have the kind of jaw that makes dentists go oh my god your jaw is very petite every time i see them yeah um so they take out the, uh, the kids tools to work on your mouth they literally have to use children's yeah. films for my x-rays or my mouth gets all cut up i have a very i have a very small jaw 
and small teeth. And so I like my sandwich to be manageable. Usually sure. when we get into toothpick uh, territory with a sandwich, sure. I can't eat that sandwich. Right. I can't, like, not comfortably. You mm -hmm. know, like, I can get my mouth pretty wide, but, like, if I'm eating a sandwich, I just want to be able to take a bite out of, of it. Course, I don't want to yeah. have to be, like, focusing. Yeah. Um, so, like... Yeah, I like to have it so that if I pick it up with both hands, it's going to stay together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to, to eat it comfortably. So good. I love that yeah, sandwich. That I've loved that really sandwich good. for like, you know, I don't know, 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to give, however, a special shout out to another one of my favorite sandwiches. Sure. One that I am extremely particular about and generally only like if I personally make it <laughs> okay. or, or my mom who taught me how to make it, uh, which is tuna salad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. I, I make do. a good tuna salad. You do. Yeah. So I grew up making tuna salad at home. And when I say making tuna salad at home, I mean we made our own mayo. We did not buy mayo. We made mayonnaise at home. Yeah. And you if bought you were, the whole tuna from the store, deboned it, deskinned it. Absolutely not. We were poor. Um, but... We didn't have mayonnaise that often because mm -hmm. my parents, as I've mentioned before, were on that 90s, like, you shouldn't have any fat in your yeah, house yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So if we were going to make tuna salad, it had to start with making mayonnaise. And homemade mayo, you guys, like, I get I get store-bought mayo now because who the fuck has time? But, like, if you have time to make homemade mayo, especially if you have a food processor, it's super easy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it is a different beast. It is so... <laughs> Nice, And it's actually quite easy to make. The trick is to add the oil very, very, very slowly in a mm. very thin stream, which is very easy if you have a food processor. <laughs> but it's, it's you know, just like chunk light tuna in water is whatever canned tuna we sure, got. Yeah. Diced dill pickles. Um, diced ideally sweet onion. I will use mm. just a regular yellow or red onion if that's what I have, but like a Vidalia or Spanish onion. Mm -hmm. mm, so mm. nice in there. Um, diced celery, everything diced about the same size. Those are the things you need. Sure, yeah. You can also add other things. Like some people add at bell peppers. I don't find that personally adds much. Capers can be nice. Mm. Um, you know, whatever little little crunchy thing you have sure, around yeah. and you want to throw in there is nice. Pecans, green peas. I mean, pecans are excellent in chicken salad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I did have a really nice chicken salad wrap with pecans in it today. Chicken actually. salad with, with dried cranberries and pecans. Mm. Real good. And I feel like often when we talk about sandwiches, we end up talking about deli sandwiches. Sure. And there's just, there is a whole world of sandwiches beyond that. And I, I just want to give tuna salad its proper dues. Yeah. So for me personally, I want to mix the drained tuna with the veggies. And I want to do that first. Okay. And I want the bulk of veggie to be about 50% the bulk of tuna. Like okay. the proportion is important. I like there to be a lot of crunchy flavorable bits, mm -hmm. flavorful bits in there. So I mix those all together till they're pretty like um, evenly distributed throughout mm -hmm. the tuna. And then add the mayo just like a bit at a time until it's the consistency I want. Sure. If I don't have pickles, I'll throw in some pickle relish. Uh, but I really prefer using diced dill pickles. Sure, yeah. I always get no garlic dill pickles. That's just my personal preference. So if you're trying to make it exactly the way I make it, that's what you want to do. Mm. Um, and then that on on toast, on sourdough. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes a good tuna melt, but I'm not a big tuna melt person. Sure, yeah. um, I find on the sourdough, it leaks through the sourdough too easily. Oh, but it's so nice though. The taste is incredible, <laughs> but I, I think my personal preference with that one is like a, a slightly denser bread. Cause, uh, yeah, like again, yeah. the CD sandwich bread yeah. is, a, is, is really nice with it. The days that I'm not ignoring the fact that I have a gluten intolerance, it makes a really nice lettuce wrap as well. Sure. Which at some point we got to talk about like yeah. the place of non-bread sandwiches. Well, let's you know? do it, you know, because we're, we're getting close to the end of the show. Sure. Let's talk about alternative bread sandwiches. Alternative or... breads. Yeah. So for a sandwich, yeah. if you're gluten intolerant and you really miss sandwiches, there are gluten-free sandwich breads that hold up mm -hmm. and that do fine. Yeah. Um, and, and you can get them these days. Like when I started not eating gluten when I was like 15, there was not that much available. Yeah. These days you can generally find a solid gluten-free sandwich bread in your grocery store's hippie aisle. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend with gluten-free bread, always toast it a little bit before you eat it. It's mm -hmm. going to make the texture a lot nicer. Sure, yeah. Uh, and I want to give a shout out actually to Glutino English Muffins, mm -hmm. which currently are my favorite non-bread bread experience. <laughs> 
they're just really nice. You can yeah. toast them up. They have a nice flavor to them. I was using them for breakfast sandwiches a while this year. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I think yeah. I had one or two. Yeah, they're yeah. fine, you know? They're yeah. not bread. <laughs> no, um, but, but they're, they're fine. Good. Yeah. But I usually don't bother with gluten-free bread products. And here is why. Number one, <laughs> I do not have celiac disease. I do not have to avoid all gluten at all costs. Yeah. Uh, uh, something for which I am profoundly grateful. If you have celiac disease, uh, all of the things I've said about being kind of casual and loosey-goosey about gluten do not apply. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I want to make it very clear that celiac disease is a real thing. And there are people who really genuinely suffer horribly yeah. uh, if they get trace amounts of gluten. So please yeah. don't be a dick to people <laughs> and justify it by saying Taffer said it was okay. <laughs> I do not say it is okay. Yeah. However, my gluten intolerance is more like a lactose intolerance yeah. where I can eat a little here and there. But if I eat a bunch consistently, I will feel really shitty. Yeah. All of that said, because I am in that situation, in that privileged situation as a gluten intolerant person, for me personally, if I really want bread, I would rather eat some bread and suffer. Sure. But I really like a lettuce wrap. Yeah. I like a, a crunchy leaf of romaine wrapped around some tuna salad. I genuinely enjoy it. I think it's very tasty. I also like like a little iceberg cup with it in it. Um big fan of all corn tortillas yeah, i'll make yeah. myself little quesadillas i'll make myself little tacos um those are another thing that are best to heat up before you eat them sure. uh texturally yeah. but like very very nice yeah uh arepas we should have a whole mm-hmm. episode on arepas and I get somebody like who that. knows about them but yeah. arepas little venezuelan um uh muffins kind of made out of masa um so they're 100% gluten-free they're corn and they cook up like a little roll and you split them open mm. and you have whatever you want in them um and they are really really tasty and really really fun yeah yeah I like that yeah yeah that's it like there are a lot of alternatives and I think like arepas can be gluten-free arepas are gluten-free. are they yeah like, they're, by default? okay yeah by yeah, default yeah. they're gluten-free that's what I thought yeah, yeah. I yeah, just yeah, didn't yeah, want to yeah. confidently say it no arepas are just are they're just masa which is corn flour yeah and water and salt that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah that's it there, that's the thing like there are <laughs> there are plenty of alternative flours that are used like frankly outside of capitalist north america historically uh that make fantastic bread substitutes for sandwiches and when you lean into that it really works out well for you yeah exactly (laughs) that's i mean that's really what i found like when i started when i stopped eating gluten for a while i was when i was a teenager i was doing gluten-free pastas which at the time were just terrible this was in the early 2000s and oh my god everything was terrible and then at some point i realized okay there is all of Asian, like East Asian, South Asian, Mexican, like lots of indigenous, like North America slash Turtle Island cuisine, like wheat. The the predominance of wheat is a very limited part of the world. Now, it's the part of the world that I am from, you know, it's like West Asia and Europe is where wheat is, is the crop that diets are based on. And that is unfortunately my entire (laughs) cultural background. Um, but yeah, rice noodles, delicious. Yeah. Rice, delicious. Um, mochi is rice. It's gluten-free. It's lovely as a little yeah. dessert option. Corn tortillas, arepas. Like, there are so many cultures that have foods based on non-wheat grains yeah. that make breads out of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's no reason to feel like you can't eat sandwiches and you can't eat bread just because you can't eat gluten it's just really the like european and west asian bread culture yeah um which is a beautiful culture i love it like i've been talking about how much i love it of course i i you know will let myself feel crappy in order to partake in it yeah but Um, it's it's worth remembering that these other types of breads exist and like if you're feeling like you know bummed about having to eat like gluten-free attempts at yeah. st- at standard western yeah. bread or whatever yeah. uh look outside the box a little you know yeah i Glu- i love um this is this is interesting cuz this one is pretty north american in origin honestly but um a sort of like southern style biscuit 
can be made with alternative flowers really, really successfully and really tasty. Uh, we get the like Bob's Red Mill one for yeah. one baking flour. Oh, or whatever. shout out to that baking mix. It's yeah, so good. It's so good. And the even the one that's not specifically the baking flour, but it's still the like one for one all purpose. See, I don't like that one because it has chickpea flour in it. And I don't love the taste of chickpea flour. But I've used both for my biscuits and both work yeah, the texture's good. You the can texture's still taste good. the chickpea flour. You still taste the chickpea? Okay, okay. Yeah, but that's it. So, so you know, you could make a sandwich on a biscuit. It'll yep. be a little crumblier. Yep. But, yeah, you know. anything pastry related. So gluten mm-hmm. is a protein. Yeah. When you make bread, this is something we could have an entire episode on. But basically, when you make like a traditional bread, you're working the gluten to make it into stretchy, thin sheets that capture air bubbles. Yeah. And that's how you get the texture of bread. It's beautiful. It's stretchy. It's delicious. And you have to work the proteins to make them into that sort of stringy network, which anybody who makes bread is familiar with. Mm. Pastry, you're doing the opposite. Pastry, you do not want the gluten to develop into those strings because you want it to stay flaky and crumbly. Mm. So with pastry, which includes like pie crusts, biscuits, uh, shortbread, anything like that, gluten-free flours actually work really mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. well because yeah. they don't have any gluten so they're a lot more forgiving because the risk of over mixing is much smaller sure because yeah. there's no gluten to develop <laughs> so yeah that is one like really nice thing is yeah. that like your pie crusts will be delicious your yeah. shortbread will be great your biscuits will be flaky yeah. uh being gluten-free this is just my little like my little psa <laughs> being gluten-free has been co-opted by diet culture mm-hmm and it's really unfortunate because then, like, sometimes you order, say, a gluten-free meal somewhere and you get fucking, like, miserable yeah. food that has no nutritional value and makes you sad. Yeah. Um, but not eating gluten does not mean that you have to eat diet food. Yeah. There is all kinds of rich, delicious food. If you make the gravy right, poutine is gluten-free. That's true. Um, so, you know, eat good food. Yeah, that's Don't it. deprive yourself. Yeah. That's it. The only bad food is food that makes you feel sad when you eat it. Yes, Let's or be sick. real. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like we always say, it. we don't mean literally no bad food. Like yes. sometimes food has expired. Don't yes. eat that. Don't eat moldy food and yeah. say we said you can eat it. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's cheese. You can uh, eat moldy cheese. Yeah. I know you struggle with this. I struggle with this. Yeah. I'm glad you can forgive it. Of course. I think we made some headway here talking sandwich. I think this was a pretty good, a pretty good sandwich session pretty good sandwich sesh sandwich yeah. Ooh, good sandwich sesh baby listen good vibes at the sesh good today. vibes at the sesh good vibes hey folks what's your favorite sandwich tweet mm. at us and tell us yeah tell us your favorite sandwich tell us at your favorite no bad alternate food pod <laughs> yeah tell us your favorite alternate sandwich option as well tell us both yeah if you're more of a indie type you can tell us your favorite alt sandwich yeah exactly and not like other girls bread gives me a tummy ache Ooh. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. Let's pour some gravy on this bad boy and get the heck out of here. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this installment of Not Munch Madness anymore. I haven't updated the notes in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for listening to. <laughs> Ooh, thank you so much for listening. Ooh. No, stop. Mm, sandwich. Don't do that for free. Oh, who says That's patrons free? only. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to join the conversation? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at No bad food pod and individually at teffer bear and at tom zalatni if you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better you can head to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to donate for as little as one dollar a month you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like patrick gabriel kendallin carlea thomas killian sarah angelica and andrew laura chantal david and erica our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show if that's exciting for you head to patreon.com slash no bad food pod and make it happen i'm also just going to put it out there because i just had this thought thanks to tom that if the patrons are interested in um uh, uh, me reading recipes in an overtly sexy voice uh i would be willing to do that as patron only content so if that's a deal breaker for you um let us know and we'll add that to the perks <laughs> all right I think it, I just think it would be fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we also have merch if you want. You can, you can go and get some merch. Get a shirt, mug, mouse pad, sticker, get pop sticker. socket. I just like saying pop, pop socket. Pop socket. Pop socket. Get a sandwich with our logo on it. 
you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at T Public. There is an important disclaimer here: there are no sandwiches with our logo on them at the current time. If you request T Public enough times, spam their email inbox, spam T Public's uh, customer <laughs> service people with requests for sandwich. Uh, uh, you could always just put a sticker on your sandwich, though. Don't you're gonna eat? Don't eat sticker. I didn't say they have to eat the don't sticker. Don't eat stick. I'm thinking like a branded um, brand. There's edible paper. We could see if they could get the logo printed on edible paper. Yeah. We could see if we could get the logo printed on edibles. Those would those would sell well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can also leave us supporting. <laughs> you want me to do this? Yeah. And of course, you can support us for, for free. free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Let Us Rap Ingles and our cover art... Our cover eight. Cover art. Our cover art is by David, Big Stack of Beef, Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description. And last but not least, this show was produced by Tom Zalatni. That's me. And Tevra Jemian. That's me. And edited by Tom Zalatni. That's me again. As part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. Ooh, baby, put some mayo on me. I'm done. It just takes a little time It takes a little time It takes a little time with me I hope you don't mind We'll take it slow this time I'm October Jones, and Hi, this is... I'm Fish With Legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water. And I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish With Legs. Starring me and my best friend... <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish With Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. <sighs> New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it. Bye! Hi, I'm Anthony Giorgio, host and producer of Queer Teen Podcast. Queer Teen Podcast encourages the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Listen, learn, and love as you get to know the next queer youth leaders of the world. Queer Teen Podcast celebrates, elevates, and narrates how the LGBTQ plus community uses our voices to tell our stories. You can find Queer Teen Podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else to get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe today. And don't forget to listen, learn, and love.